My name is Jack Richardson, and you're listening to Eddie Film Club on Fresh Air. Hello and welcome back to Eddie Film Club with me, your host, Jack Richardson. This is episode three to I okay, I need to get the episode numbering structures right because this is not working out. It's not good. You know? It's confusing. We're gonna work on that gonna work on that. I guess this is officially episode two. Let's call this episode two, because we've got episode zero, episode one, and episode two. It's great. Perfect. Makes sense. This is a big episode for multiple reasons. It's a very special episode. This is the first episode I've recorded since the premiere of the show on Fresh Air. So now this is the first time that I've known that other people have listened to my rambling and me having a chat with my guests. And it feels really, really good. I've had so many lovely comments, so much support from you guys. It's made me feel very warm and fuzzy. It has melted this frigid uh, stone in my chest that we call a heart, you know, And honestly, it means so much to me. So thank you. Thank you so much for all your comments. Please keep them coming. Please keep on listening. I really appreciate it. This is also a big episode because this is going to be the last episode I record on my terrible laptop mic. So less boiler noise, uh, less cars passing on the street, less general humming, better audio. It's going to sound more professional. Not the words coming out of my mouth, but the sound of them. It's going to sound better. It's very exciting. My first podcast mic. Like, who would have thought it? Who would have thought I'd make it this far? Um, not me. Not me at all. But yeah, so this week, I am going to have a very special guest. My good friend and flatmate, Ryan Schuler. And we're going to be taking a little break from our regular formula this week. I won't, don't want to spoil too much, but we're going to have a little chat. Instead of about movies in particular, we're going to talk about streaming services in general, talk about what we like about them, talk about what we don't like about them, rank them a little bit. It was really, really fun to record, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, before then, I just want to say I watched Mother in Midsommar. In like a week span. And let me tell you, as a little recommendation to all my Eddie Film Club listeners out there, don't do that. Don't do that for your, your, your health, for your sanity, because that is not a good combo of movies to watch together. Both great movies. Love them both. Don't watch those movies in a short span of time. That's not good for anybody. Uh, and the last point of business I want to get to before bringing my lovely guest Ryan Schuler on, is if you're listening to this right now, and I have already launched my new little mini-series on my Instagram, Eddie Film Club on Instagram. I've not come up with a name yet. Hopefully by the time this podcast comes out, we will have a name, you know. Anyway, each week, 
on my podcast, I'm going to be working my way through the Disney animated canon. I'm going to do a little mini video on each movie in turn. I'm going to watch for that week, uh, analyze it, share my thoughts, just give like a little overview. I think it's going to be really, really fun. Um, I really love Disney movies. Uh, I, I don't always love the company. Very often I don't love the company, but I love Disney movies. And it's going to be so exciting to go back to the very beginning. We're going to start with Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Uh, it's going to be so exciting to go through the canon and revisit old classics that I've not seen since, since I was a little kid. Revisit some of my favorite movies ever made. Watch some movies that I've never seen before. Like, you know, make my music. I'm not looking forward to that one. But, you know, we got to do it for the spirit of the miniseries. Uh, but I think it's going to be really, really fun. We're going to look at some incredible movies, some uh, not-so-incredible movies. Uh, shout out to you, Chicken Little. And I, it's going to be so, so much fun. So that will take 58 weeks. Saying that now, I'm starting to regret doing this. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Because it's 58 movies, so we're going to do one one a week. It's going to be really fun. I'm really looking forward to it. So please check that out on my Instagram, Eddie Film Club. And we'll be right back after this break. I am joined by my friend and flatmate, Ryan Schuler. Hello. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, I know that this is technically only our third episode, maybe not the time to be doing a, a break with tradition, but you know, we're going to go ahead and do it. It's going to be fun, because this week, instead of talking about a movie, we're going to look at streaming services. Obviously, with coronavirus right now, and the pandemic, it can be difficult for a lot of us to go out and get to cinemas because, you know, it's scary going out there. So a lot of us are relying on streaming services for movies right now, which is great, except there are about a gazillion streaming services. And so today we're going to take a look at them one by one, go through them, talk about how we feel about them, what we like, what we don't like, and just generally have a wee chat. So I was thinking, probably best if we start with the the big daddy, the original bad boy of streaming, Netflix. How so? How do you feel about Netflix? When did you first get Netflix? Like, how do you feel about? It? I would say I have mixed feelings about Netflix. Um, they very much take the the all hands approach to streaming, where they have so much uh, content that are shows and films that we love from years of, of studios making them um as well as like tv shows that are much loved that we may have seen before uh i always want to see again um with a lot of new content um where they very much i mean netflix are kind of known for throwing a lot at a wall and seeing mm. what sticks um where they spend a lot of money on new content some of which there's a few truly amazing gems in there um, with a few great Netflix originals that I love, um, but a lot that is is really not great. Mm. Yeah, there's 
I, I remember when they first started doing Netflix originals with like House of Cards, like Orange is the New Black, and it seemed so exciting and everything was like prestige And now I think they've gone into less of a like, let's make a couple of things that are really great, and more like, let's just, like, as you said, like, do as much as possible. Because there's just like so many Netflix originals coming in now um, of varying degrees of quality. Um, some are good, some are not great. Um, I think the, like, there are some good range of, like, movies, um, of different genres from different time periods. It's, it's got a good kind of range in terms of films. The Netflix originals, we've seen some good ones. Uh, we've seen some murder mystery. Is that what it's called? Murder Mystery? The one with uh, Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler. And they're like going about the world. And so, and Netflix were like, oh, by the way, they did this press release and they were like, oh, um, so this is uh, officially the most successful movie ever. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think so. No. Did they say that? <laughs> no, they said something like, oh, yeah, this is our biggest Netflix original uh, ever. They were like, oh yeah, we've had like 130 million watches or something. It's like, no, you didn't. Oh, wow. Because, well, they count watches as like, now, like if you, I think it's past like the first three seconds. Oh, I see. They, changed, they pulled the Facebook and changed the, the criteria. Yeah. So that's how you can get away with uh, accusing the good people of Earth of having watched <laughs> Murder Mystery. Um, but yeah, are there any particular things about Netflix that you think they do well in comparison to other streaming services as they are kind of I mean I don't think they were the original maybe they're the original streaming service I guess I think they're the first one to truly get big yeah um I'm not you'd have to do research on oh, yeah. you actually originated the idea yeah um I this think, is not a research heavy show we just I just kind of press record and we talk <laughs> But I think Netflix really managed to, in the kind of tech world, become the the verb of the of the action. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't bing it, you Google it. Yeah. When people think of streaming, they think of Netflix. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, Netflix just seems like rich now. I think they've got a nice little user interface. Like, I think it's usually pretty... It can sometimes be hard to find things. This was an interesting conversation I was having recently, actually, um, with a few different people. Where, in a few people's opinion, Net- the Netflix interface has been getting worse over time. They seem to keep making updates to it. The, yeah. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of like algorithmic choices behind it, where I know there's big um, kind, of, kind of controversy over when it was revealed that they were customizing the cover art mm. um, of different movies and shows oh, yeah. uh, to the that. users, and, and choices like that, where I think a lot of their, their changes are driven by what the data says. Yeah. Um, but sometimes what the data says and what people actually want are, are two different things. Yes. Um, so yeah, like I think to conclude with Netflix, I think it, you know, I don't see myself cutting Netflix out of my life anytime soon. Like I still like Netflix. I still find stuff to watch on it, but it's, I, I can't say it's, it, it, it's not my favorite streaming service. I think it's starting to be, surpassed by some of the other ones but it still does have that edge with being the original and obviously netflix originals they produce far more content than like 
our next streaming service that I'd like to talk about, which is Prime Video. Um, Amazon Prime Video, we're recording this literally, Prime Day was three days ago, so um, belated happy Prime Day to all of you. Hello, Jeff Bezos, BB. Um, I hope you had a nice Prime Day. Um, <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> I really don't. Jeff Bezos sucks. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I just blew the sponsorship with Squarespace. I just blew the future sponsor with HelloFresh. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Bezos sucks. But no, Prime Video does not suck. I quite like Prime Video. It's got some good stuff. I know that you've been enjoying it because you've been watching The Boys. I have definitely been going through an evolution with Prime Video where I think when I first got Prime, um, when I came to university and got it for free, um, I, fr I remember first scrolling through Prime Video and seeing that a lot of their films seemed to be ones you still had to pay for mm. or rent for money on top of Prime. Um, and so it very much seemed like... Because uh, I know for, for Prime Music and a few other Prime services, yeah. they do still charge for them. It seemed very much on that side of things. But since then, they've really been putting a lot of work into um, adding, especially a lot of good films, to Prime. Um, a lot of recent classics that I didn't get around to seeing in the cinema, yeah. such as Knives Out. Oh, yeah. Um, Midsommar, I saw on Prime, um, which has been very enjoyable. Um, and I've definitely been getting very much into their originals recently. Yeah. Um, both where I think they've actually been surprisingly high quality. Yeah. Um, both on some of their kind of Amazon Studios film side of things, where films like The Big Sick, the which Big I Sick love. The Big Sick is so good. Oh, The Big Sick. Amazon so original. Um, and especially recently with their new shows. Um, I really enjoyed Hannah. Mm. Um, the Boys, as you mentioned, is great. I recommend it to anyone listening. The Boys. Um, very graphic and very... Hits, home, cl hits close to home um, if you've been paying attention to our real world. Yeah. While also being incredibly fictional. Um, it's an incredible show, I recommend. Station uh, manager uh, Samuel, if you're listening, The Boys is probably not for you. It might be, a, it might be a little bit uh, too too graphic for you. We love you, Samuel. Just viewer discretion is advised. Yeah, um, yeah. I think one of the strengths of Prime Video for me is also kind of a weakness in that I'm always surprised by the movies that they have on there and the selection that they have on there, which is great. You know, you like being surprised. You like stumbling across and seeing something new. But I also think sometimes they don't do a great job in organizing the website very well and like getting right recently they've had a recent redesign where it makes a lot more clear what's included in prime and what you can just buy um which has been so much better because now you can see exactly what is included in your prime you can see exactly what you can watch you can see exactly what you have to pay an extra charge to buy or to rent and I found that a lot better. But I still find it kind of difficult um, to search on Prime. I think it's getting better. Uh, but, you know, I, th I think that Prime's good. And I think that Prime's competing with Netflix a lot more than it used to. Definitely. I honestly think one, I honestly think one of their problems on the, the kind of interface and, and the, like you said, the search front is that the Prime site, as far as I've used it, seems to just be bolted on to the Amazon yeah. site. Um and while I, I get that in terms of creating it all as one experience with Amazon, your Amazon account, um, it sometimes makes it a bit cluttered where they're, you know, 
there's lots of shopping stuff along the top. You've got your basket up there. You don't need that. You're trying to watch a movie. Just yeah. Let, make the experience cleaner. I don't need to be reminded of the fact that I shop at Amazon. I try to bleach my brain of that every day. Uh, but no, like in general, I think that Prime is, is got its problems, but I think it's pretty good. Honestly, I think Prime is probably now, uh, I use Prime more than Netflix. It's definitely on the way up, I would say. It, yeah. It, it's been, I've been using it more and more. I'm just so, like, because I, I think, like, obviously there's still some really great Netflix originals that come out. Um, but I feel like and Prime has had some really bad Netflix, or uh, Prime has no Netflix. Like I said, it's the verb. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, like, Prime has had a lot of bad originals but it's also had a lot of like really good originals and when their originals are good they're really really good so whereas netflix i think has been hitting a real kind of average recently where a lot of their stuff feels very like solid not necessarily great not necessarily terrible like fine good but i don't know if maybe i kind of want a bit more for me i think the difference there comes down to with amazon with prime video i um, I find the good originals and I watch them and I really enjoy them. And there are a few maybe bad originals on there or, or below par originals, which I can kind of just ignore. Whereas with Netflix, there are so many originals coming out almost mm. every single week um, that it's almost impossible to ignore the yeah. originals, especially with how much marketing they put into it and really putting it in your face Yeah. Um, in the way that Amazon doesn't really. And so with Netflix, I think... You see the the real um, the the great originals when they come out, but you also flooded with bad original after bad original after truly terrible original. Oh, some of them are just so so excruciatingly bad, oh, just terrible. Although Netflix does have a little advantage on Prime Video because Netflix, I'm fairly sure, has the first Shrek. And this is a Shrek loving podcast because we're not talking about a movie. Uh, this week we're not going to do Six Degrees of Shrek, but we can say that Netflix does get a little extra point in the ledger because it does have Shrek. If you have Shrek, that's good. That's so one degree from Shrek. That is that, oh, zero? that's maybe zero. De- uh, that's a zero degrees from Shrek. zero degrees from Shrek. Well, it would be if Netflix was in Shrek. If Netflix is an actor. It's basically if, a country. If, like some Netflix originals seem to have been doing recently. Yeah. Calling you out Riverdale. Calling you out... Uh, um, what was the other one called? Uh, Dare or something. Oh, Dare... Uh, Dare... Uh, Truth... No. Truth. Uh, no. Um, Mindy Kaling. Oh. Calling you out Never Have I Ever, um, where you literally watch five minutes... Is it actually five minutes of Riverdale? Yeah, you do. You basically do. because you, you. So see- you watch... Five minutes of Riverdale in Never Have I Ever, and in Riverdale, you spend an entire episode watching Love, Simon, which I guess is not a, a Netflix original, so actually, their marketing got a bit muddled there. It's but so matter. Imagine if, in Shrek, they sat down and watched Netflix for five minutes. That would be... If Shrek was a Netflix original, that's what would have happened. I mean, Netflix have a deal with DreamWorks to make original DreamWorks animated TV shows, which they've been doing, they've got one for Turbo, they've got one, they're doing the Troll Hunters one, which I love Troll Hunters, it's so good. But they, 
have the the terrible terrible um how to train your dragon one uh oh yeah where's the shrek one shrek's the best right. franchise do we want a low budget shrek tv show yes absolutely <laughs> like i love shrek i truly do but given how i i have mixed feelings on the how to train your dragon movies because which is a whole maybe another yeah. podcast episode for another time maybe the next series so yeah. i can come on again um, where I was a big fan of the books before the films came out and the yeah. films changed them substantially so that's as far as I'll go into that but I love the films independently of the books um, however I have no interest in TV shows and I feel the same way if a Shrek TV show came out unless it was truly great truly memeable I don't really care I want to say that I wouldn't watch it but I kind of know that I would that makes me feel bad about myself uh, <laughs> uh, speaking of a, another streaming service that also has Shrek I don't, I don't know if this actually counts as streaming service I guess it does Now TV Now TV movies um, So I have Now TV You don't have Now TV I you've, do not You've had Now TV? I had a free trial Which then was too difficult to cancel But I ended up getting it for a month Mm-hmm um, which is a warning to all of you out there who are thinking about getting Now TV or maybe trying to cancel it. There are like six pages of cancellation. Oh, it's so intense. It's so ridiculous. Like, I remember, because I used to have it and I cancelled it and now I've got it back again uh, because uh, I love Rupert Murdoch. That's not true. I really don't. Um, <laughs> but Mama Richardson taught me what you always do is you always, if you're trying to leave any kind of contract tacky thing, you try to get a good deal out of them before you go. That is true. You deal with phone contracts, you deal with Now TV. And if you go through a specific way of like trying to quit the Now TV contract, they'll sometimes give you like a, oh, look, it's a, it's a two pound off your regular price. It's a, a half price for a month. And then you go, oh, Now TV, maybe I should never have let you go in the first place. Um, and then eventually that offer ends and you quit. And then if you're like me, you come back again, because ultimately, even though now TV can be very frustrating, it has a really, really wide, great range of movies. A lot of stuff that's original or not original, but like exclusive to now TV. Um, it's got so many classics. Like it's really the only streaming service you're going to find like the godfather trilogy on you know they've got a lot of animated movies they've got a lot of kind of classic oscar winners they've actually got a surprisingly good like world cinema section they've got some really good japanese and south korean movies especially but if we're talking about now tv we have to talk about the user interface and how it <laughs> to interact with now tv because it's so upsetting to me yeah, this, this is painful. Um, do you want me to explain? Yes. So, for those not in the know, with Now TV, you first have to go to their website in order to, to sign up. Um, now, assuming you do that on a, on a laptop or desktop, um, in order to watch, once you have your account, in order to watch uh, a film on it, um, you cannot just play in the browser like you would with literally any other streaming service. Um, you need to install... A desktop app in order to like play things through that which is a whole faff and doesn't work half the time mm. um, then on if you log in on a mobile device whether that be like a tablet or a phone 
um, you can't access any of your like account details through that app like you would on any other streaming service. You have to go to the web to like change any like you know, reset your password, change any details, and then come back to the your phone or tablet in order to then actually watch anything. It's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. It just feels so pointless. I guess it's like based in anti uh, piracy, um, and like they're they're trying to make it. But then like none of the other streaming services do that. I never know with these things whether there is a legitimate reason for making bad user choices yeah. or whether it's for them maybe like a risk factor where we're looking at big companies here, oh, you yeah. know, Netflix, Amazon, like they could take a hit if someone was like par- pirating their stuff. Yeah. They could file those those lawsuits. Yeah, um, and they do. Now TV, Sky, also a huge company, but not quite in the same leagues. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, you know, Amazon and is like one of the biggest, you know, companies in the world. Is it the biggest company in the world? It varies. It, it comes and goes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it, it's so big. And so I, they can maybe afford to do a lot more. But yeah, I think now TV also the price now TV price is like eleven ninety nine. Um, I wouldn't know. I get my people to do these things, but it's, I've been told by some common folk that it's expensive as a as a streaming service uh i think the key takeaway from now tv is that all of their good content is taken from what in the u.s is hbo max yes and so you get all the hbo shows which are top notch and you get so so many great films um that are especially ones that have been recently been released um that they may only be on their tv for a few months or, or so um, but if you want a new film, that's where you got to look. Um, but yeah, the, the key thing is that is that they have all of that content, but you got to pay for it. Yeah, I think that uh, Now TV has missed a trick by not getting Francis Ford Coppola to star in their commercials. Is okay, so like maybe you should get a job there. Yeah, I mean he's he's still alive. I think I'm I'm pretty sure that Francis Ford Coppola is last you checked. Last I checked. I'll be so terrified if I... I'm just so upset if I'm wrong. But now, next up, I want to talk about one of the biggest rising uh, streaming services right now. Um, Only fairly recently came out in the UK. Um, Disney Plus. We enjoy Disney Plus. Uh, Okay, so I need to talk about my relationship with Disney real quick. Because in the last episode... I did take a little dig at Disney and um, I'm assuming because, well, okay. So this is the first episode that I've recorded since uh, the show has been out. So obviously there's been some wild acclaim, some um, uproarious controversy, you know, the Disney company were up in arms. Uh, No, obviously they don't care. But yeah, last week's episode, I may have said uh, that uh, Disney people kind of scare me. And just want to clarify, I love Disney. Disney movies are some of my favourite movies. My problem is with Disney as a company. It's kind of a monopoly now. And it's swallowing up a lot of different things. And it makes a lot of choices that I think are bad for independent cinema. And that is frustrating to me. But I love a Disney movie. I love a Disney movie. I'm a big animation fan. Um, 
And so Disney Plus, especially during coronavirus, has been such a blessing. I mean, I'm going to try not to get into conspiracy theory mode here, but Disney Plus did launch in March 2020 in the UK. I think is really enjoyable streaming service. It's got a really nice kind of interface. It's really nice to like scroll through, I find. I think they put quite a lot of work into just the design of it. And I think the way it tries to really push the fact that they have like Disney and Pixar and Star Wars mm. and Marvel and National Geographic. And the Muppets. Um, like <laughs> it does, at first you're kind of like, oh wow, they've got all these things. And then that kind of wears off a little bit. Um, and you kind of just scroll and search for things that you want. Um, but I think the way it segment things, segments things up um, and kind of categorizes things is quite nice. Um, and it means that things are very easy to find and you can often um, find uh, things from similar eras of Disney, um, which if you're a fan of, of things of a certain era, you're often looking for the other ones. Mm. Um, so the way it groups it is quite nice. Yeah, like, I, yeah, I, I saw that they recently changed the structure, especially with, like the Marvel section. So they've now got like, the if you're somebody who uh, cares about the MCU, um, they have the Phase One, they've got the Phase Two, and then they've got the legacy movies that aren't part of the official canon, the official continuity, um, and so they're kind of you know stuff that they've got from Fox, really, um, like the older stuff. Uh, in some cases, some of it's newer as well. Um, but yeah, like Disney Plus, I just find really fun to go through. Obviously. Um, the drawback uh, to Disney Plus is that in terms of originals, there's just not a whole lot. That's not necessarily that much of a problem because Disney owns some of the greatest movies ever made and quite a lot of them. So whether it needs that many originals is one thing. But just because it maybe didn't need originals, they have tried Oh boy, have they tried. I, I see you, High School Musical, the musical, the show of the musical series, the film show. You know, I see you, Zenimation. Oh no, please don't remind me of that. We watched an episode of Zenimation. This is Disney's wild ASMR uh, take where they, they take clips from their movies and arrange them with like a theme. And then they take away the soundtrack and the dialogue and just turn up the ambient sounds. Uh, it is so upsetting it'll be like a kind of woodland walk and the crunch the scrunch of the trees out of the leaves and the wind whistling is just so loud it's very upsetting to me and there's a terrible terrible uh disney fairy tale weddings things and i don't i don't need to see grown people get married at disneyland i don't need to see that i don't enjoy weddings anyway but it, it does not appeal to me for me, I would completely stand up for The Mandalorian. Um, it is mm. by far the best and arguably only um, great original that I've seen on there. Um, for me, I think with Disney+, Plus, I love a lot of the uh, original movies. Well, not original movies, that's probably the wrong term to use here. But a lot of the uh, Disney movies yeah. um, and in the Dick of Disney universe that they have um, and through all the different properties that they own. Um but I think over time, what you may see with Disney Plus is that um, while for the first year they did a special deal where you could get it cheaper if you took out a full mm. year, um, I think they're going to continue something similar to that if you pay on a yearly basis. But for a lot of people, they maybe don't need access to all of the historical yeah. movies all of the time. And to be more like they would maybe pay for a month when it suits them and pay on a month-by-month -month basis 
rather than just always having it available. Um, rather than because there's not the constant flow of new mm. content, I think you don't always feel the need to to be constantly going on to see what's new. Yeah, uh, because what's on it hasn't really changed since it launched. Not even just in the UK six months ago, but in the US almost a year ago now. Yeah, because they have so many live action movies um, in there that they Disney own. They just don't put on Disney Plus. They've got like Home Alone, like Father of the Bride, and a couple of other like eighties, uh, nineties family comedies. But of all the things, they only really not put that much on. Disney Plus would be a great streaming service to have over Christmas. That's what I will say. Oh yeah. When you get all uh the family to well, I, I don't know what it's gonna be like with coronavirus. Um we you know, scary scary times. Um but it'll be great to, you know, kind of have the whole family watch a couple of Disney movies together. The latest Pixar movie, Soul, is premiering Christmas Day. Um I feel weird about that because it's not good for independent cinema but also i'm really excited to actually see it it looks really really good um i can't believe i forgot about the mandalorian because the mandalorian is really just like i still need to watch it but the mandalorian is just such a pro for disney plus um honestly okay so disney plus stands on four pillars and those pillars are The Mandalorian, Treasure Planet, Ratatouille, and The Descendants Trilogy. It's preach. And okay, I will be talking about Treasure Planet, Ratatouille, and The Descendants Trilogy in other episodes. Um, but those movies are just so good. So yeah, like in conclusion, we love Disney+. Plus. I think it's great. It doesn't necessarily have the same kind of originals content. But it, it's And, you know, you might run out of things to watch eventually. Uh, but it's really, really good for families. It's really, really good to just bask in some nostalgia and have a lovely time watching kind of Disney Plus or the Disney movies of past. And The Simpsons. We forgot about The Simpsons, but don't watch The Simpsons on Disney Plus because the aspect ratio is wrong. And now we are going to take a quick, uh, quick fire around through some of the other streaming services out there because there's so many. This is not by any means an exhaustive list but you know we'll, we'll take a quick tour so first one if this was a tv uh, predominantly a tv podcast honestly this would probably be one of the major streaming services we were talking about but because it's more this is a movie podcast um and there's kind of less uh, i feel original movies on it but you know still some apple tv plus um you have had a free trial with I Plus? yeah I got Apple TV Plus a, a year for free um, when I got a new iPhone um, last year um, so I got it from launch and for me there's definitely so much potential in it Apple as a company has so much money um, that it makes sense that they're moving into producing kind of TV and film content mm-hmm. um, and I definitely think there's some bright things they've advertised for their future um, but I think I've not seen a lot of their content so far, but from the ones I have seen, I really think that they started off on the wrong foot with um, putting a lot of marketing behind some not great shows. Yep. Looking at you, the morning show. Uh, Yeah, so basically Apple TV has potential to be good. Right now, it's maybe not 
the greatest streaming service. I think that they're definitely trying to appeal to everyone in the same way Netflix does, mm. where they have content for kids, they have content for teens, they have content for adults, they have kind of dark and spooky things, they have bright and fluffy things, mm. they have like a musical animated series. Am I right on that? I still yep. need to watch it Central to actually Park find out about it. Um, there's only a few things on it that have caught my eye and I, on my list to watch. Um, so maybe I need to get on that, but yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah. So that's Apple TV. The next thing uh, I can talk about, uh, Moobie, which is a really good art house uh, streaming service, which focuses on art movies, uh, Oscar winners, movies from around the world, uh, lesser known movies, some of them very big movies, some of them lesser known, some of them from famous directors, but maybe not their uh, best known work. Um, I actually have movie for free. Uh, Is this the one you got access to for your European film? Yeah, so famously, canonically, as you found out in episode 00, uh, go back and listen if you've not heard. But yeah, I took an introduction to European cinema class, so I'm quite um, well-versed now. So sophisticated. I'm really sophisticated. And because of that, because I that technically made me classify as a film school student, which is bizarre because I'm not a film school Put student. Put that on your CV. Yeah. So I, I got free movie until I finished university, which is great. That literally is like worth like almost £300 oh. of like free streaming content and so good um yeah movie's really good if like me you like a little bit of independent cinema or if you want to try something new um movie's really great uh so movie's kind of um selling point before the whole pandemic was that it was like 30 films in 30 days and each day a movie comes on the service and the movie that's been on it for the longest amount of time goes off so you feel more it is a little bit anxiety uh, inducing because you feel more pressure to watch movies and if you do what i do you always end up watching the last movie on it and finishing it five minutes before it goes off as with everything at university procrastination is king exactly um they they've kind of they've stopped doing that for the pandemic i expect that they'll go back and do that soon but yeah movie wholehearted re- recommend great um britbox not so much to say about BritBox because I don't think either of us have it. It's a streaming service specifically for British TV and movies. Um, if you're American and you're an Anglophile and you love British stuff, watch this. Um, if you're British, uh, go on iPlayer. The BBC is great and very underrated. The BBC has done some incredible things this year. So is that what we're talking about next? We've got iPlayer on the list? Oh, I didn't even put iPlayer on the list, but actually iPlayer has... Oh my god, iPlayer, got iPlayer. Yeah, iPlayer's always got like a good, maybe like 15 movies on it at a time. Sometimes it keeps them on for like quite a long time and they can be, there are some that aren't so great. There are some that are very, very fun. Um, and I'll tell you what, when they when they inevitably put Toy Story 3 back on on a weird Sunday afternoon, I will sit and watch that whole movie and I will cry a lot still. Uh the next streaming service I'd like to talk about is Quibi. Uh, Quibi is a joke. <laughs> Quibi's a joke. It's a joke. It's such a shame, though, because I feel like it's such an interesting concept born in the wrong time. Mm. Because the whole idea behind Quibi is that it's about finding those spaces in your life when, if when you're really busy 
when you've, you're working all day, you don't have time to sit and scroll through Netflix's whole catalogue. You don't have the time to, to check out Amazon Prime. Mm. You just want something quick that you can find easily, that you can watch in short bites throughout your life, maybe on your morning commute, maybe on your coffee break. And the problem is, is that in Corona times, that's just not how we live. Mm. Yeah, like, because they're, they're, the way that it works is it'll divide a film into like little chunks of content, like little 15 minutes. And that doesn't, that might work for when you're out and about. But as you said, nobody's out and about right now. We're all staying at home. We want, if we're going to watch a movie, we want to watch a real movie, you know, just watch a real movie as opposed to like a little 15 minute uh, bite of some terrible Liam Hemsworth movie. Sorry, Liam, but you know. Well, that may be the flip side of Quibi is that from, I've never had it, but from what I've heard from people who have, the content isn't great. It banishes some stuff that we would otherwise have to see on a real streaming service. So, um, Quibi, y'all. <laughs> Quibi, y'all. Uh, so now, I just want to give a quick shout-out to a couple more specialty genre, medium-based streaming services. If you are an anime fan, you know, Crunchyroll and Funimation are both really good streaming services. Um, Crunchyroll tends to do more subtitled or subbed content, whereas Funimation will do dubbed uh, content with an English language track and a lot of other different language tracks. Uh, there's a lot of debate between which one is better. We're not going to get into that now. But they are both got really, really solid selections of anime movies. And so if that's your thing, definitely highly recommend it. And also Shudder. Shudder is a horror streaming service. It has a lot of like garbage on it a lot of absolute steaming hot dumpster trash but if you make the effort to trudge through it you'll find some gems in there like a pig hunting for truffles you know and also they've got some really interesting documentaries they do some really interesting behind the scenes originals and documentary works um so yeah that's shutter um, do you have any other streaming services you'd like to talk about? Not off the top of my head, but it feels like at this point, every, every company that owns any content is trying to start a streaming service. This is our canonical list of all of the streaming services. If you were subscribed to a streaming service that's not on this list, then I'm not saying that you're wasting your money, but, um, it's not Eddie Film Club approved. Although, if you have one and we haven't mentioned it... Let us know if you think it's worth checking out. Give us your username and password. Ding! <laughs> we'll be right back after this break. And we are back for our final segment of today's show. As you know, on Eddie Film Club, we like to show that we are well-rounded individuals. And to do that, we end each episode by talking about something that we liked this week, apart from movies, because we have other interests. Uh, and <laughs> I've got a couple of different things. I've had a very weird week. I think we can all probably relate to that with coronavirus, with the pandemic with uh, learning at home, if you're a student like me, um, with going to work. Everything is so stressful right now. Everything feels so difficult. 
it feels like even the tiniest tasks take so much more mental bandwidth and effort and sometimes you need to find a way to relax and recharge and I want to end today's episode by telling you about my way of relaxing and recharging and that is every Thursday popping over to my local news agents and picking up the latest issue of Take a Break, the most amazing magazine in the world. If you don't know, Take a Break is a woman's weekly, um, has lots of good, I, okay, I say that I get it for the crosswords. I do get it for the crosswords because I love, I love a puzzle, love a crossword, I do the little word searches. I even do their weird code word things, which don't make any sense. They were created uh, by evil people. Um, but also, it is very entertaining to see the stories that they've picked. If you've never seen a Take a Break, I recommend you Google search it now because they are known for having the most ridiculous headlines. The most ridiculous headlines. Uh, they're all very scandalous and sensational. Some of them are very dark and very upsetting. All of them make you want to never leave the house again, which sounds like something that you wouldn't necessarily want to read right now, but they're surprisingly cathartic, you know? It takes away from your own kind of worries about coronavirus, about the pandemic, about your life. If, like me, you're working on a dissertation, that's stressful. You know, you're having to put so much effort and so much energy into that, into researching and it feels like all of this weight is on your shoulders. That weight does not feel as heavy. When you can know that your mother did not steal your husband for her own. Yeah, she really did that. I told you, take a break. It's wild. It is a wild magazine. Such a wild magazine. And it, it sometimes feels exploitative. You can't really kind of get around that. It feels bad. But, you know, people do get paid for putting their stories in. It's a very kind of weird dynamic. Um, and it can sometimes be very sensationalist. But it also can be very, very entertaining. Um, if you don't follow British Goop on Instagram, you should. British Goop is an very hilarious Instagram account that is dedicated to posting some of the weird uh, things that people write in to take a break in other kind of women's weekly magazines and oof, some of some of y'all are crazy is all I really have to say about that but yeah if you want that sweet sweet release from your everyday anxieties, from the stresses of modern life, then, you know, have a massage, do some yoga, or read Take a Break magazine. That's all we have time for on this week's episode of Eddie Film Club. Thank you so much for listening. I want to give a big thank you to my guest, Ryan Schuler, who was there for me when I needed a guest at the last minute. Uh, very, very sweet of him. And I sprang it on him. Um, so yeah, he is great. Uh, thank you for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, with any suggestions, 
comments if you'd like to be on the show, any ideas, anything at all, please, please get in touch with us on Instagram at Eddie Film Club. The Twitter handle is at Eddie Film Pod. You can email us at eddiefilmclub at gmail.com. You can follow me on Letterboxd, Jack. Very, very great writing that I have on Letterboxd. I have like three very, very short, terrible reviews. But I'm going to be adding some, so go and follow my Letterboxd. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you all next week. And remember, the first rule of Eddie Film Club is tell all your friends about Eddie Film Club. See you soon.